Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. All right, so it's great to have you all with us this morning, both in the room and to everyone watching online as well. And let's face it, after all, legally, there's nothing else really that you you can do now apart from come to church. So thanks to the executive for ensuring that people did come today. Uh, And if that is the only reason that you're here so that you have an excuse to leave the house, my hope and my prayer is that you wouldn't just zone out, but that as I speak, you would ask God if maybe, just maybe, He has a reason for you being here, if maybe He has something that He wants to say to you through the words of this message. It is a pretty strange day today, isn't it? It's that time after Christmas when no one really knows what day it is or what time it is or if it's still acceptable to be living purely off Turkey and your blood probably is now about 75% slur. (laughs) Traditionally in the church calendar, today would be known as Low Sunday because it would usually have the lowest church attendance of the year as everyone had overdosed on carol services and midnight mass. But I'm going to assume that Phil didn't know about that whenever he asked me to speak today. (laughs) So at this time of year, it's customary for people to make resolutions. Last year at the start of the year, I made a resolution to stop following the news and disconnect from social media. So did I miss anything exciting? So there was a famous American preacher, Jonathan Edwards, who was instrumental in the Great Awakening of the 1700s. And he compiled a list of 70 resolutions that he aimed to live by. And I figured that, seeing as none of us are allowed to be anywhere else for the next few days and must have a bit of spare time, I may as well try and go one better and go with 71 resolutions over the next few hours. Don't worry, uh, that was a joke. At the start of a sermon, a good tip is to always check how much water the speaker brings up with him, and if there's more than one bottle, you're in for the long haul. It is a bit of a tricky one today as we're, we're after Christmas, but we still have all the lights up, but it isn't quite yet the new year. But I think this is a great time of year for doing some reflection, because probably 2020 didn't go the way you envisaged it. For many, it's been a year of heartbreak and struggles. Most of us have had to cancel a few plans along the way. For over 80,000 more families in the UK than statistically would be expected in an average year, there was an empty seat at the table. There was a lot in 2020 that we didn't expect, and I think most people are probably going to be glad to see the back of 2020. So I want to share some thoughts today on how we can ensure that no matter what happens, good or bad in 2021, that it won't be a write-off. I want to help you set you up to, to grow in your relationship with Jesus in 2021. I'm not going to be reinventing the wheel this morning or coming up with anything that's likely to be a groundbreaking new concept, but we are going to focus on some practices and habits that often can get overlooked and neglected when all the busyness of life consumes us. I don't know about you, but for me, the last few weeks of Christmas have been pretty hectic. There might not have been all the usual parties, but there's still been all the Christmas cooking, present wrapping, and the overly predictable cheesy Christmas movies to watch. Sheriff's choices, not mine. They rob away at our time, and often it's God that gets pushed to the margins. And add in a teething baby on top of that, and I've been running on a lot of Red Bull and coffee the last few weeks. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you're feeling tired and worn out today. So today, we're going to look at a few principles to help us start off 2021 well. It says in Ephesians 1 verse 4 that 
even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So that's the truth that we must cling to as we step into a new year this week. We've been chosen by God. We're loved. We matter to him. No matter what you've been through in the past year, you matter to God. Maybe you've been here before at the start of a new year. You've had fresh intentions, great plans, but it's ended up in failure by the second week of January. You wanted to do better, but it just didn't work out. You planned on losing that weight, but the appeal of the chocolate bar was just too great. You meant to call and make amends, but pressing dial was too daunting. You'd booked the dream holiday, but then lockdown struck. So much promise and so little success. And then you feel like throwing in the towel. What's the point? Why try when all that happens is you fail again and again and again? But you see, the thing is, our past does not define us. Who we were is not who we are, because God is transforming us into new creations. He has plans for us to prosper, not to fail. He has things for us to achieve, things for us to do, things for us to change. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with making resolutions, but I do think that a lot of resolutions focus on the wrong thing. You see, whenever we make resolutions, it tends to be about exercising more, eating healthier, or spending less. And none of those are bad pursuits. But the problem with resolutions is that they're often focused purely on our own efforts. They're dependent on our willpower, on our determination to succeed. And then whenever we inevitably fail and slip back into the old ways, we're left feeling guilty and hopeless. You see, there's, there's no special power about midnight on New Year's Eve. The clock striking 12 changes nothing. You don't suddenly gain the willpower to resist chocolate just by starting a new calendar. But there is power available to us through the Holy Spirit. Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that God gave us a spirit of fear, a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You see, whenever we do our resolutions right, we don't have to do it alone. We don't do it based on our own willpower or our own determination. When we make God-honoring resolutions, we have the help of the Holy Spirit. And when we fail, he's there to pick us up again and set us back on our way. So I want to encourage you to use the next few days to prayerfully consider what you might need to work on in the year ahead in order to grow more and more into the likeness of Jesus. There's a great passage in Romans 12 that would be well worth adopting as a manifesto for 2021. And I particularly like how it's put in the message paraphrase. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. That's Romans 12, verses 9 to 16. So let those words sink in. Just think how different 2021 could be compared to 2020 if we took those words seriously and resolved to live them out. I could probably just drop the mic at this point and end the message now with that passage, but I don't think the sound guys would be too impressed with me dropping their equipment. By the way, big shout out to the guys at the back for coming up in early on a holiday weekend to set everything up for us.
So what are some good resolutions to make? I want to highlight just three suggestions from the, that passage. Be alert servants of the master, keep yourself fueled, and pray all the harder. So firstly, be alert servants of the master. Paul gives us a great example in Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 3. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and patient. Be gentle, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Just imagine what a difference it would make to our lives if we made this a year when we resolved to live worthy of the calling that we've received as servants of the Master. It will have a much more eternally significant impact than a resolution to eat healthier that probably will get abandoned the first time you drive past a McDonald's. You might find this hard to believe, but I've definitely spent at least two New Year's days themselves in McDonald's. So for me, the healthy eating resolutions never last. Living a life worthy of the calling we've received goes beyond any mere New Year's resolution that will be forgotten by the middle of January. It would change everything. You see, the calling that we've received is to be sons and daughters of the King of Kings. That's what Paul urges us to live worthily of. Once we grasp that that is our calling, our identity, then that will resonate through into every decision that we make. So the first thing we must strive to remember this year is to remember our identity. But we also need to remember that we've been bought at a high price. Pastor Phil reminded us last week that hope has a name. We celebrated Christmas over the last few days, that wonderful reminder that God has come to be with us. We remember at Christmas that Jesus was born into the world to bring hope to mankind. But there was the shadow of a cross lingering over the manger. We remember that our hope is based in Jesus. God made flesh, come to dwell with us, Emmanuel. But we remember also that Jesus came to give up his life on the cross so that we could receive that calling to be sons and daughters. We must honor the price that he paid and not treat it casually. The grace which we receive freely was bought at the highest of prices. And it reminds me of a classic quote from Bonhoeffer. He says that, Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. But costly grace is the treasure hidden in the field. For the sake of it, a man will go and sell all that he has. It is the pearl of great price to buy, which the merchant will sell all his goods. It is the kingly rule of Christ, for whose sake a man will pluck out the eye which causes him to stumble. It is the call of Jesus Christ at which the disciple leaves his net and follows him. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life, and it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin, and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it cost God the life of his son, you were bought at a high price, and what has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. Above all, it is grace, because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. You see, the grace of Jesus that we remember at Christmas requires us to give our all, holding nothing back. We can't just nominally follow Jesus half-heartedly. Living a life worthy of our calling requires being wholehearted, total surrender to him. 
Jesus himself warns us in the book of Revelation against being lukewarm. Maybe over the last few years you've been coming along to church on a Sunday or this year hitting play on the live stream from your bed and maybe glancing at your Bible now and again in between, but there hasn't really been much the rest of your week. But this year, as we step into a new year, as we resolve to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received, maybe it's time to get more serious and to go deeper in your relationship. No more messing around in the shallow end. Maybe this is a year for carving out intentional daily time with God, seeking to grow in your relationship with Him and to get to know Him better. You see, whenever we resolve to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received, it impacts how we interact with those around us as we remember that they too are people made in God's image. Paul taught us that we should be humble and gentle with them, patient and bearing with one another. He reminds us to strive for unity and peace with the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, here's the thing. Often, New Year's resolutions, they focus on ourselves, on our self-improvement, on our physical health, on us having our best year ever. But whenever we resolve to live a life worthy of the calling, that will impact everyone that we come into contact with. It will shake things up here in Portadown, in Lurgan, Craigavon, and beyond. For each of us, the specifics are going to look different. But for each of us, there will be areas in our life where we can ask the Holy Spirit for help in the year ahead to enable us to do more, to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. You see, God never desires for us to remain static. He never desires for us just to remain in the same old routines, in the same old ways that we've always been. He always longs for us to lean in, to press forward, and to draw closer to Him. This side of heaven, we all will have always ongoing continual work to do to continue being transformed into the image of Jesus. None of us are going to reach that stage where we can say, you know what, I've made it, I've no more improvement to do. So resolve that this year is a year when you take your faith seriously and don't just go into cruise control. Resolve to live worthy of your calling this year. The second resolution is to keep yourself fueled and aflame. At this time of year, I love to sit by the fire with the, the flames burning, but if all I did was light the stove and then sit back and ignore it for the rest of the evening, it would soon die out. The fire needs to be kept topped up with fresh logs to keep the flames burning. And it's the same with us in our walk with God. We can't just rely on a, a one-time decision to raise a hand or going to a sermon once a year. We need to be constantly keeping ourselves fueled and aflame. And the best starting point in your relationship with God for growth is the 66 book love letter that he's written to us. You see, if we want to get better direction from God, if we want new perspective, if we want fresh insight for a new year, if we want greater wisdom, if we want more intimacy with him, it all flows from getting into his word. Often people can flock to the latest trendy speaker or go to the, the latest cool event to try and meet with God, but the most surefire way to hear from God is to open up the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through it. You see, the Bible is the living Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's as relevant to us today as it was whenever it was written. So this year, as we strive to live worthy of the calling that we've received, we need to heed the instruction given to Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You see, this goes beyond just merely reading the Bible to, 
tick it off a to-do list. We're not just to read the Word. It says in that verse that we're to meditate on it, to chew it over in our mind, to let it penetrate deep into our soul and change us from the inside out, to not just try and get through it, but to let it get through into us. So how do we do it? The Bible can often seem daunting, and often we stick to the, the easy segments, the, the Gospels, the, the classic Sunday school stories, and the Instagram-friendly inspirational verses. But Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is breathed out for God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You see, the whole Bible is God's Word, and if we want to become more and more like Jesus, we must study it all, because it all points to Him. In the Old Testament, we see Christ prophesied. In the Gospels, we see Christ proclaimed. In the Epistles, we see Christ explained. And in the book of Revelation, we see Christ's return expected. You see, this whole Bible is a book about Jesus, about the love that God has for us. So we have to get into the whole Bible. For different people, that will look different. You may be an avid reader and Bible reading comes naturally to you. Others might find it more of a struggle to sit down and read. But fortunately, we're blessed to live in an era where you can download the Bible app on your phone and get audio versions to listen to whilst you go for a run or whilst you do your ironing. And I particularly recommend looking into the Dwell Bible app if you like listening to read out verses that don't sound like Alexa, just reading it. it in the Dwell app, they have proper pre professional actors that read it out in a really easy to listen to way rather than the, the text to speech that some of the Bible apps have. So in different seasons, Bible reading will look different, whether it's reading with your eyes or reading through listening to an audio Bible, try and resolve that this is a year when you do get deeper into the Word. Sometimes you'll want to read broadly, trying to get a sense of the big picture of the Bible, trying maybe to get through the Bible in a year or two years. Other times you might want to narrow down and pick one book of the Bible to, to really drill into, to, to focus on getting a clear understanding of that one book, reading it slower and maybe using a devotional book to to help you understand the truths of that pa particular passage. What is important isn't how much you read or whether you try to read the full Bible in a year or in two years or if you try to read through a, a chapter a day. What's important is that you develop that habit of daily dedicated time with God and that you come to your time in the Word expectant that He will speak to you through it. You might find it helpful to keep a notebook to write down key points that you've heard the important principle is that you start the year right by making God's Word your priority, meditating on it day and night, owning your morning and your night, letting the Holy Spirit use the Bible to teach, train, and correct you. So we come now to the, the last point, and I've, I've just realized I haven't managed to get a dig in at Dylan yet. Totally missed an open goal with the stuff about McDonald's earlier. His skills on the keyboard seem to be sponsored by the McCafe breakfast menu. It's never turned up without a McMuffin. So the final resolution that I want to highlight is that we must pray all the harder. We must resolve to pray. We're about to enter into a season of prayer and fasting, so I won't say too much about prayer today, but I do want to encourage you to resolve to make this a year when you pray more, when you pray bolder, and when you pray with greater faith that our God not only hears our prayers, but answers them too. We're instructed in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, to pray without ceasing, and if any of you are thinking of resolving to memorize some Bible verses this year, that's a great one to start with, as it's, it's only three words, 
In fact, the actual verse reference is as long as the verse itself. But though it's a short verse, the impact, if we take it seriously in 2021, will be profound. You see, I passionately believe that we need to see revival and awakening in our land here in Portadown. And if history has taught us anything, it's that movements of revival have always been preceded by faithful followers of Jesus getting serious about prayer. It's recorded in the Old Testament, for example, in the book of Judges, Nehemiah, and Ezra, that at various times the people turned to prayer and then revival followed. We see it in Acts that before the apostles saw great growth in their ministry, first they devoted themselves to prayer. We see it in more recent church history with the Moravian revival, the revivals under Whitfield, the Wesleys, Moody, and the awakening in Wales in 1904. They all began with prayer. Charles Spurgeon once remarked that prayer is the explanation of revival, and he was saying that about a revival that happened in New York in 1858, and that all stemmed from what started off as a, initially a, a very poorly attended one-hour prayer meeting that very quickly became contagious with there being not a single hour of the day in New York City that wasn't covered with churches meeting to pray by the time Spurgeon spoke in 1858. More locally, it was the exact same story with the 1859 Ulster Revival. It started with just four new followers of Jesus meeting for prayer and Bible study in Kells, County Antrim. And on the 1st of January, 1858, they saw the first person converted to follow Jesus. By the end of the year, there were 50 of them meeting for prayer. In March, 1859, the revival then spread to Ahochel, which some of the more pamper-loving of you might recognize as the small random town on the signposts near the Galgorm. And then it spread to Ballymena before spreading across the rest of Ulster and into the rest of the, Uni the United Kingdom as the mighty Irish, our great nation of saints and scholars, led the way. It's believed that ultimately that revival, which started with four people, four people who, remember, were new followers of Jesus, not people with great theological training or great seminary degrees, people who just had come to Jesus and took prayer seriously. It resulted in 100,000 decisions to follow Jesus. And obviously, we're still benefiting from the ripple effect of the legacy of that today. So if we want to see revival break out in Edenderry, in Corcoran, in Ballyhallan, if we want to see spiritual awakening in Craigavon, in Guildford, in Tandragee, then it all starts with us resolving to make 2021 a year when we take seriously that instruction to pray without ceasing. So may we strive through the power of the Spirit at work in us to make 2021 a year of going all in for God. No holding back. It's time for us to surrender our all, all to Him, our precious Savior, because nothing that we give up for the sake of the gospel is a waste. We'll not regret on that day when we enter through the heavenly gates anything that we've sacrificed for the purpose of going all in for God. His love, which is so amazing and so divine, demands our life, our heart, and our all. So let's resolve to, to throw away the resolutions about eating healthily and going to the gym more, because let's face it, with the exception of Jennifer at the back, probably none of us were gonna to go to the gym much more than you are allowed to in the next six weeks anyway. And instead, through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, let us choose to give God our all. Resolve to live worthy. Resolve to go deeper in his word. Resolve to keep yourself fueled and aflame. Resolve that this will be a year of praying without ceasing. All of our energies used for his plans, 
all for the sake of the kingdom. So let's strive to make 2021 a year of passionately, radically living out our faith, a year of spiritual growth. And as we, let's say to God, as we approach the new year, here I am, use me for your glory. As we start the new year, it's important to remember that our God is not finished with us yet. The world will try to label and define you, but that's not how God sees you. When he looks at you, he doesn't see the failure. He doesn't see the liar. He doesn't see the broken marriage, the cheater, the mistakes you've made. He doesn't see the luster. He doesn't see the thief. He doesn't see the shame. He sees Christ on a tree. He knows that the debt is paid in full. He looks at us with eyes of love. He sees one who's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and given a new identity and a new name. He knows who we were made to be. He doesn't see our past failures. He sees our future potential in Christ. So as the band come back up, be reminded today that when we put our faith in Jesus, we're no longer defined by our past. We're defined by grace. We're all on a journey. And what has gone before is now behind us. The blood shed by Jesus on the cross has covered our sins and our failures and has opened up the way forward to the life that God designed us for. So as we start this new year, maybe there are things you need to let go of, burdens you need to lay down, grievances you need to ask for forgiveness of, sins you need to cast off. The start of a new year is the perfect time when there's so much focus on fresh starts to come afresh to Jesus, to come afresh to the cross, to leave your past behind, to lay down your burdens, enter into his rest. Maybe today for the first time, or the first time in a long time, you need to surrender to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, putting your trust in him and receiving his gift of forgiveness. Enter 2021, not dwelling on your past mistakes, but dwelling on what Jesus has done for us and the potential he has in store for us. Focus on the things he chose us for from the beginning of time, things he created us especially for, things he wants us to fight for, causes he wants us to support, things that the world is waiting for us to do, things that are worth doing, things that matter. Because there's people out there that need you, people who need you to do what God chose you for, people who need you to fill, fulfill the plans he has for you, people waiting for you to care about them, people waiting for you to bring hope to them, people waiting for you to bring love to them, people waiting for you, waiting for you to realize that you're not in this alone, to realize that if God has chosen you, he's going to help you, to realize that with God, nothing is impossible. To realize that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you. To realize that he will not leave or abandon us. To realize that he cared enough about us to send his son. To realize that you are loved by God Almighty. So today, step out. Step out knowing that you are loved. Step out knowing that you matter. Step out knowing that you can bring change. You can bring hope. You can bring life. With God in the picture, you're not doomed just to fail again. With God in the picture, when you fall, he will lift you up. With God in the picture, nothing is impossible. With God in the picture, every day, not just New Year's Day, is a fresh chance. A chance for forgiveness. A chance for growth. A chance for change. A chance to cast off the labels of shame. A chance to leave the past behind you. A chance to start anew. With God in the picture, there's a chance for people like me and you. We are approaching the start of a new year, a fresh start, a blank page. 
There's people in 2021 who are waiting for you. God is in the picture if you've trusted in him. You are loved. You have been chosen, chosen to prosper and not fail. So step out and embrace all that God has for you today and in the year ahead. Amen. you enjoyed the podcast today if you did there's just a few things i'd like you to do subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed secondly if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now and we will see you next time on the ariat church podcast